This is Time Out with You Stadium. This podcast is for you sports super fans, for you sports debaters, and yes, you, the sports opinionators or hot takers. We take your calls live on air and answer questions directly from the U Stadium app. Get it at ustadium.com. Join in on the conversation with Brianna, Nick, and Frankie. Time out with U Stadium starts now. What's up, you guys? Sorry we're late, but we're here nonetheless. This is Time Out With You Stadium. I am your host, Brianna, as always with Nick and Frankie. Uh, we got a loaded show today, probably like five topics I just wrote down. So bear with us. We might talk a lot, but we're going to try not to. Um, before I get into it, obviously like and follow, subscribe, all of that good stuff to YouTube, um, Twitter, Instagram for the latest updates and download the U Stadium app. I hear we have a new update you guys. So things might be looking pretty good over there. All right. So things are looking good off. over here. I have, uh, I don't have Cheers. a transparent cup tonight for a reason. Everyone just letting everyone oh know my that goodness. I got What's some, in there, Frank? some good, good. Like I call it, you know, had a rough work day. So, but Hey, I'm here. I think I everybody's getting uh, everybody on this show, at least with, with Italy, the, uh, I know we're not a soccer we're a different football show around here, but our boys are looking pretty good, so They're looking real a little celebration good. yesterday around this time. So excited for that! Yep they uh, they were coming into this kind of the dark horse, I guess you could say. Maybe yep. a little bit slept on. They're looking pretty good. Cha- so. A change of philosophy, and I think they were a little embarrassed with what the papers and news outlets were saying about them after missing out on the World Cup and missing to qualify a few years ago. And they look like uh, they're ready to, to roll. So yep, yep um, excited for that. Well, duty. That's we'll it. we'll provide updates on uh, Italian soccer as they come. <laughs> you got three pythons sure. here. So, all right, Nick. So we have uh, a little bit of Jets news. You want to kind of dive in on, or maybe yeah. not news, but yeah, no. So it, it is a little bit of an update based on um, uh, earlier today. Jeremy Fowler came out with a report saying that the Jets are seemingly close to a deal with Morgan Moses, a multi-year deal. Um, and you know, I checked in with a source, the same source who told me a few days ago or about a week ago that the jets were very serious about Moses and really wanted to get him on board and felt good about the, uh, you know, the, the chance, their chances to land him. And and he updated me today is basically confirming what Jeremy said. I'm going to check the exact quote here. Um, yeah, it looks like a multi-year deal about six to $9 million range. So Nothing confirmed that it's done yet. I'm sure they feel good about it. Maybe today or tomorrow something gets done, but it looks like Moses will come in and, and continue to stack the Jets' offensive line, which, as you see here, um, Joe Douglas saying that, you know, obviously he's an offensive line guy, drafting Becton, drafting Vera Tucker, signing Connor McGovern, who was up and down last year. I think they feel a little bit better about him this year playing center in a different system. And now adding Morgan Moses to basically either – I don't think they're going to, I don't know if they're going to kick. I asked him basically, he's not going to know much about what they're going to do with George Fant. Um, but at worst, he'll be basically a swing tackle or provide extra depth. You know, Becton is dealing with a foot issue. So, you know, it does just give you, you know, Vera Tucker played a little left tackle at USC. Fant played some uh, left tackle. You have Mogus who, Moses who can anchor and play right tackle. So it does look like a multi-year deal. I'm guessing the Jets had to maybe go another year or so to, I guess, compete with the other teams who are there. And it looks like it's going to get done. And like I said, between six and 9 million annual for Morgan Moses to come to the Jets. So it looks like that deal 
is closer probably than everybody does think. And hopefully by the end of the night and tomorrow, he'll be a, he'll be a jet. Interesting. Frankie. I love Joe Douglas. I'm Mm -hmm. a, I'm a huge Joe Douglas fan. I think all the moves that he's made since he's come in has just been right. In my opinion. I mean, he's all about building a team the way it's supposed to be built, I think. And um, thinking about the offensive line, thinking about the way he's stacking up our defense, um, this offseason, spending money at the right positions, getting a guy like Carl Lawson. I mean, Joe Douglas is a really, really good GM. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean the Jets are going to be a really, really good team? We'll see. But I just – this guy hasn't made a head-scratching move like we've seen with McCagnin and, and, <laughs> and Hidzik. I mean, we've had some terrible uh, GMs. We just have, yeah. especially recently. And to see him come in has just been a breath of fresh air for Jeff and so – yeah, he Frank, he was on, and I'll send you, I don't know if you saw, he was on with uh, Chris Long, who he has a great relationship with, uh, the Long family, obviously. And it was a really cool interview. You usually see, like, Douglas is, like, you know, buttoned up and very, you know, straight to the point, you know, dance, kind of dances around, you know, just playing GM speak. But he kind of opened up with him. And he said, like, they, they asked him, what are the positions that you're really comfortable with basically identifying and scouting? And he said he feels really good about the offensive line and the defensive line and where he, you know, where I guess he struggles or he said if he has a weakness is the receiver and cornerback position. So it was actually a really cool interview. And I'll send it to you, Frank, because he talked about a lot of things that we talk about, about, you know, defensive linemen and offensive linemen when you're, you know, watching tape or grading guys out. And it made me think like back to what we spoke about. And it was really interesting. So Douglas was on Chris Long's podcast and it was not surprising that he goes out and he lands Morgan Moses or close to landing Morgan Moses to add to the offensive line. So um, I agree with you. You know, I, I, I wanted to stay and say, all right, prove it to me. I didn't want to like jump the gun on this guy and be like a rah-rah Jet fan and just say this guy's awesome. But, you know, move by move, you're starting to see basically a plan here that's actually coming to fruition as opposed to let's just try and grab highlights or, or the headlines in New York City and compete, you know, in the media with the Giants and other teams um, Douglas is doing it the boring, but the right way. So, um, definitely credit to him and, and what they're building over there. We'll see what, what it amounts to on the field, you know, in the future. But I think, like you said, there is a plan and they're doing it the right way. Sometimes the boring and the right way is the way to do it. I mean, you look at what yeah. Belichick has done and mm-hmm. that, that really hasn't up until, I guess, up until this year, it hasn't really been all that flashy. Sometimes that's the way you gotta do it, you know? That's right. All Belichick, right. by the way, right now is the fourth best GM in that division. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, There's I three mean, better ones. What? I don't think it's a crazy statement. I think Greer is a good GM. I think, obviously, the Bills, what they're doing is Brandon Bean. I think, Douglas, you're excited about. Obviously, Belichick's got the track record. He's by far the best coach in the division. But I don't think the GM, the GM statement isn't crazy. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. Okay, well, we're just going to just skip over that one because we got too much to talk about. If we didn't have like five topics, I would hammer that one home. But <laughs> we, got, we got a lot going on. So top 10 wide receivers. Did we drop that today? We're dropping it. All right. It's so. dropping. This was the most argued thing in maybe U Stadium's history was this list. We were fighting about everything on this freaking list. I think the list is great. I just do. I think it's it's pretty damn good. Uh, there were some things I would have changed, but I mean, I just think it's a very well done list. I think you look at 
the best wide receiver in the NFL is Devontae Adams. He just is. I, I wanted to put DeAndre there, but the year Devontae had, PFF had him ranked as a top receiver last year as well. Um, he's amazing. You know, touchdown numbers are unprecedented. So you have to put him up there. DeAndre lost a little bit of a step, it seemed, just a little bit. He's getting up there. He's taking some hits. Devontae went healthy, I think, is the best. Um but yeah, I mean, we'll keep, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll argue through this right now. But um, the one thing I'd say is, from my perspective, I'm in the minority here. But I've seen so much DK Metcalf hate um, for over the last year or so. DK Metcalf, I'm just letting people know, he will be, um, no doubt. Remember, I said this. We're gonna, we're gonna save this. No doubt about it. DK Metcalf will be. Uh, a top five wide receiver, easy money top five wide receiver over the next year or so. We won't even debate it. He might be the, the second best wide receiver or first. He'll be in that like Adams, Hopkins, Julio trio that we've seen when AB was there and Thomas. DK Metcalf is going to get there. I know people don't like his hands all that much. Like, oh, whatever. I, I, he's such a beast. Do you, do you remember that play he had last year where he went across the field and went up the sideline? He's so fast. So agile, he's so big. Corner, he can't be single covered. So DK Metcalf, I wanted to put a little bit higher, but for people that don't think he's in the top ten, DK Metcalf's trust me. Top, remember, I said this next year you're going to be talking about him, maybe definitely being top five, maybe the best receiver in football. Just throwing that out there. So I, yeah, I, think, I, agree. I agree. I agree with the list. I just kind of would rearrange it a little bit, but all the names on there are who I would put on there. Just the seating might be a little off. So if we could. Pull that back up, and I'll just kind of run through the changes I would make. Where's Julio on yours, Bree? Five. Okay, he's off five. mine, by the way. Yeah, I have him at five. I think I, and the only reason I have him at five is because I think he was just so done with Atlanta. Um, so I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt there, while also thinking this year might be kind of like a nice resurgence year to bring him back in the top three. But with that being said, wait, I Nick was, said Julio's off his top off 10. Off of my top 10, heading into yeah. 2021. Oh, no, I, yeah. I heard him. I heard him. Go ahead, Bree. Where, where was your reshuffle? Okay, so we, I, I would put. I think this is going to lead into something. I would put DeAndre one, Devontae two. I would put Tyreek three, um, Michael Thomas four, Julio five, Stefan Diggs six. Uh, let's see. What am I at? Seven. I'd move Robinson up one, DK down one, and nope, DK down two and move Calvin Ridley up. So DK would be my number nine. Keenan Allen, I like where he is. I, I think that's a good a good spot. All right. I, I, I agree with some of the movement at the bottom. I'm going to go, and, I, and this isn't planned to be your planted Skip Bayless-like, oh you know, uh, what's what do they call them like shock jocks or or to start a, a debate? I truly believe this about Julio Jones. I think he's been overrated his entire career. I don't think he's not. I think he's great. I think he's been a great receiver. I was Frank. Remember during the draft process, I was obsessed with Julio Jones. To yeah, me, you, you cannot play in this era of football. Play in a team that throws the ball around the yard with no regard, like the Atlanta Falcons, in a dome in a in a in a division where the, se the secondaries and the defenses have been suspect at best over the past 10 years and have a single season with just 10 touchdowns, just one, and it was 10. There are receivers like Eric Decker, Adam Thielen, who have multiple 
10 or more touchdown seasons. You can't tell me. We had this huge debate with, with Splash, who's going to come on and, you know, try and prove his point here that he's on his Mount Rushmore of wide receivers of all time, which I think is outlandish, outlandish. I think right now he's not even the best receiver on his team. I think, and there's two guys missing, or there's one guy miss. I have AJ Brown in my top 10, by the way. So wrong Titans receiver on the top 10. And there's a guy missing completely who's in my top six. He's six is Justin Jefferson heading into 2021. I think this guy is about to take the lead by storm. I think he's that good. And you saw it last year with this, decent quarterback obviously he's got feeling next to him so there's some pressure that you alleviate there but I think Justin Jefferson is your next like Odell Beckham with his head on straight so to me it's Adams Hopkins Tyreek Hill Stefan Diggs Michael Thomas Justin Jefferson DK Metcalf Allen Robinson AJ Brown Calvin Ridley and then there's a few guys there the Julio's obviously come into play Keenan Allen um, there's a few guys who I'm higher on than a lot of other people are. We can talk about this all day, but to me, you can't go into 2021. You're putting Julio now and I get the whole like refreshing. I'm on a new team. It's a, you know, it's a new Julio new year, new me kind of thing for him. You're going to an offense that is run first. They want to, they want to run their offense through Derrick Henry. So you're not going to get those pass opportunities that you got inside of a dome in Atlanta and throw the ball, chuck chuck and duck to Julio Jones like Matt Ryan did in games. And to me, Julio Jones, I think he's played in the league for 10 or 11 years, has only played 16 games three times or four times. I forget what the number was. He is in and out of the lineup. I know some years it was only one game or two games, but he's missed a lot of games. He's never He's had one season with 10 or more touchdowns. And in today's football, I think that's crazy. You're talking about Antonio Brown in that era, who is much better than Julio Jones, in my opinion. Adams, to me, is the best receiver in football. Hopkins in this era right now. I think with, you know, the, the new offense that Hopkins had to pick up last year in a COVID year, he was he was a little bit sluggish. He's not he wasn't himself. I think this year this year he'll be a lot better. I think yeah. I mean the Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. You have those guys grouped up. Who is a you know a, a, a toss up between Julio Jones for me too. So I would put Julio closer to fifteen than five. Interesting. That's insanity to me. You guys don't understand Julio Jones, his route running, his big play ability. He's not a great red zone threat. It's also because they haven't used him much in the red zone over the years. They were very run dependent in the red zone. The Falcons like to use their tight ends. Julio, remember when he carried that Falcons offense into the playoffs? They should have won a Super Bowl. They got the Patriots but got they lucky yet, yeah, yet again. But they Isn't didn't. Common theme there. Um, that's the the luck's over though, Bree. So I'm just glad that that we're the luck ran out. It's like it's like with the Celtics, the luck's over. It's, twenty years of luck yeah. is wild. If I had twenty years of luck in my life, who knows I where I'd two. be right now? Right? Yeah, I take two Church. years of sports luck. <laughs> but Nick, why was why was Julio last year fifth on PFF's list? The guy's resume is incredible. You take his numbers. You take. He's never caused issues too. He's never been really a diva no, wide receiver. Yeah, he's been a stand-up kind of guy. He's you know quiet set. I, I don't know. I just think when you look at Julio, um, you know, there's a stat here. He turned 35 percent of his targets into a 15 plus yard gain. I mean, that's in, that's incredible stuff, man. He's he great. he makes. And you look and you listen to corners talk about him. He's he's virtually unstoppable one on one. Sure. Yeah. I, no, and I agree. Like, I, and how like many I receivers can you really say that for? Honestly. Yeah, he's he's one of the. You know, is he better than Marvin Harrison? I don't think so. You know, Tory Holt maybe. I think you know he's better than Tory Holt. Yeah. 
I don't know. I mean, like, if yeah, same offensive indoors too, explosive offense. I know the Rams are one of the best offenses of all time. I don't know if he's much better than Torrey Hole. I think it's definitely worth the conversation. I don't think he's better than Antonio Brown in his prime. So there's guys like the Larry Fitzgerald conversation is one to have. I would slightly <laughs> say, I would slightly lean to Julio probably over Larry Fitzgerald. But to me, I always felt that touchdown thing bothered me. I don't know why. And I know it's like, it's a weird thing, but you look at some guys like, you know, obviously I don't want to talk about Jerry Rice or Randy Moss, but they're putting up like 16, 18, 12, like a 20 touchdown season. Like he's got one and it was 10. Like a guy that dominant, that big, that physical, that big of a freak, like you got to at least put up a few years. It's not like he's played four or five years in the league. He's been here for over a decade. And in the passing era, you can do no, you know, receivers can do all they want. You can't play defense on these guys anymore. Like, you got to have some double digit touchdown years. And I don't think he's going to go into Tennessee and be the Julio of old in Atlanta. He's getting older. He's got a better receiver, in my opinion, right now in, in, in uh, AJ Brown. So, and, and Tannehill is not really that, like, you know, gun slinging guy that Matt Ryan was inside of the dome. They're playing outdoors and they want to run it. So, I, I don't think you're going to. I don't think this is a year where Julio's going to get 10 touchdowns either. So that that stat is always going to bother me about Julio Jones. The only reason why I think Julio might have a better year this year in Tennessee than people kind of expect is because Tennessee, you have Derrick Henry, obviously, and that's kind of the defense's first point of attack. What is this behemoth of a man going to do? What are we going to do to stop him? So you have that. The focus is going to be on that. Then you have A.J. Brown, which is going to take away. Because now if – Tannehill's not going to Julio. He's going to go to A.J. Brown. If he's not going to A.J. Brown, he's going to go to Julio. And you're screwed either way. So I think – I don't – like, I I don't – I agree with you. I don't think he's going to go back to being, you know, the best receiver in the 1,700 league. 1,700 yards, yeah. But I think it's going to be a hell of a lot better than his last year or two in Atlanta. Because if – I'm sorry. Matt Ryan, Boston College guy. God, I love him. Um, gifted us a Super Bowl win. Whatever. Great guy. He's not – He's not good. He's not no, good. Not anymore. I mean, he's lost his fastball. Like Julio, Julio said it through sources that, you know, that's the main reason why he wanted on there was that Julio, uh, that Tannehill can't throw the deep ball anymore. And maybe that did affect Julio's season last year or the year before. Julio missed a lot of games again last year. And like the, the comment said, injuries, lack of touchdown production is the reason why Julio is not on this list for me. There is one thing. With, there is one thing with Julio Jones, however. NFL all-time history, Julio Jones is number one in yards per game in NFL history at 95.5 yards per game. Do you know who's second? Is Calvin at 86.1 yards per game. So 95.5 yards per game is one all-time. Second is not like 93 or 92. It's 86.1 from Calvin. So when Julio suits up, He's going to get you yards. So mm-hmm. and he's the best ever at doing that. Um, and, and the numbers aren't even close. But with that being said, we had these arguments going on in-house. People wanted Julio out of the top 10. Me. Splash wanted freaking Tyreek Hill number one on the list. No. So Splash hey, I, is Honestly, I'm, I'm kind of close to that, Splash. I think that guy is, that is the weird. ultimate game breaker. Nick, you just love those little small, like fast wide receivers. Bring Splash the, in. I'm agreeing with Splash. I think for the first Nick's time. Nick's the Tavon ever. Austin, Jalen Waddle. Uh, the, the thing is that he plays in perfectly with Mahomes. Like, you cannot ever feel good about being up seven or 10 on the Chiefs 
because you blink your eye and Tyreek Hill's burning your safety and he's t- and he's scoring. But that's so my biggest on the goalpost. That's my biggest point about this Chiefs team is what are they gonna do when it all falls apart because not everybody can get paid and people go elsewhere. It's they gonna did a be good job of that this year, and they yeah. brought in three new linemen. Yeah, but Kelsey's yeah, gonna come in a shit ton of money. It's going to be – there's going to – within the next few years, it's going to happen where they can't pay everybody. Somebody's going to end up elsewhere, and you're going to see that they were a product of, of the environment more so than just their talent alone. Not to say Tyreek Hill's not talented. I mean, sure. the guy is fast as hell. Um, elusive. Like, he can shake you out of your boots. Crazy. But we'll see. Bring, bring it home, Splash. Come I'm on. I'm the Tyreek Hill bus here, too. All right, folks. So – when you talk about Tyree Kill and you talk about what he does, he does everything. And I want to focus on one thing. So you look at his route running. He might not be as good as Adams, Allen, but he's a good route runner. You know, and physicality, he's only 5'10". But how many times do you see him jumping six feet up in the air for a ball 40 yards downfield? A lot. You know, he has an entire highlight reel. Granted, it's highlights, but he has an entire highlight reel of catches that Allen Robinson should be making and Kenny Galladay should be making and Doriel Green Beckham should have been making 10 years ago and Miles Boykin should be making for the Ravens. Tyree Kill is 5'10", and he's making those plays. But as far as I'm concerned, there are three undeniable truths in the NFL right now. One, Darren Waller is tight end three. He's not two. Yes. He's not four. He's tight end three. I agree. Raiders fans will agree. Ravens, Lions, Dolphins, whoever behind they would agree, and he's not over Kittle or Kelsey. Two, Aaron Donald is the best pass pass rushing interior guy. You can argue Watt maybe is a better like defensive line guy, but Donald is clearly the best. Then Tyree Kill is the best deep threat in the NFL. It's not close. You make a poll, it's 90% Tyree Kill. Mm-hmm. Even if you throw out Chiefs fans, he's 90%. So you're talking about game breaking, like I mentioned earlier. When I look at Patrick Mahomes, I look at Travis Kelsey, and I look at Andy Reid, you see Hall of Famers. I do too. What part of their games elevates the Chiefs, right? Tyree Kill's part of that game-breaking ability elevates it more than Mahomes does and more than Kelsey does and more than Reid's play calling does. And I would not be, I would not be out of bounds to me if I threw Tyree Kill in a Mount Rushmore of game-breakers. Moss, Rice, Hill. I'm totally cool with that. Then wow. you can throw you can throw in you can throw in Barry Sanders if you want. You can throw in uh, Owens, Deshaun Jackson. Uh, pick your guy. But Tyreek Hill is the Chiefs' offense to me. He is better at what he does than Mahomes is at quarterback. He is better at what he does than Travis Kelsey is at tight end. He is better at what he does than Andy Reid as a play caller. And you. Tyree Kill breaks games. He's a good route runner. Mm-hmm. He has spotty hands, sure. He is very physical, but he is, without a doubt, the most dominant deep threat I've seen for any length of time. Now, granted, I was not around for Randy Moss's heyday with Minnesota. That's a different conversation. <laughs> I get it. But with what Tyree Kill does in terms of speed, in terms of agility, in terms of separation in his routes, yeah, Adams might get open more often. But every time Tyreek Hill is open, it's 15 yards, it's 20 yards, it's 25 yards. You know, when I I go back through Mahomes' games, right, as far as I'm concerned, his single best game was against the Bills in the AFC title game. Now, he doesn't have the gaudy passing numbers, I get it, but that was as clinical as he's ever been. And I would like to ask, who broke that game open? Who turned a 10-yard pass on third and, what, three into 70 yards? Tyreek Hill did. He ran right through a Buffalo Bills secondary that all of us think is pretty good. Tredavis White, Jordan Poyer. He was very good. Like 
you're talking. So let me, but let me ask you a question here. Tyreek Hill showed up. Yeah. I'm going to jump in one second. I think Tyreek Hill is closer to his 2017 season numbers than he is his 2018 season or last year. I think he's closer to that type of receiver. Now I do agree with you. I think he's incredible. Um, I think he's unique. I think for that system, he works perfectly. But if you're starting a team today, you have to pick one wide receiver. You have to pick for, let's say, a two-year stretch because you can always play the age game. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams are going before Tyreek Hill. Um, I think, honestly, you're going to think I'm nuts. If I'm starting a team today, I'm taking DK Metcalf over Tyreek Hill. I think yeah, Metcalf's bigger. He's a better red zone. I think Metcalf is, is – Hill's more in the Metcalf kind of mo- category than he is like in that upper echelon tier. Mm-hmm. He hasn't caught 90 balls in a season splash. He's not a red zone oh, come on. Uh, kind of guy. If you put DK – did you guys see DK Metcalf I think Metcalf you're body shaming Tyreek because he's – Yeah. I, you have to. It's part of the game. I don't think you do. He's he's proven well, no. that that you don't have to. You're, listen, why, you're okay, why is he mossing guys sixty yards downfield? He's mossing shitty corners, man. He's not mossing the best. Come oh, on, goodness. you can always moss these days. Corners can't even touch you. You're sixty he yards downfield. He's five foot ten. Are you kidding me? That's the play right. Allen Robinson should make. That's Hold the on. play Galladay should make. Tyree Kill is making those plays. DK Metcalf had thirteen hundred yards last year. And Correct. he had 83 catches. Correct. DK Metcalf is 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 a beast, is a monster. 6'4, 6'5. Mm-hmm. He I'm runs a 435. Yep. What's the what's the big real difference there? If you put DK Metcalf with Patrick Mahomes, you think he's not jacking up that 1300 yard season into a 1450 and 15 touchdown season? And by the way, this is DK's that was his second year last year. Second I- year. I mean, I think that's fair, but I also think that Tyree Kill is a plus route runner. Like, if you're percentile, he's 85th percentile route runner, 90th percentile route runner. Again, he's not Adams. He's not Allen. He's not really. I'm not trying to say he is. But he runs significantly better routes than what Metcalf does. And Metcalf, he Metcalf is in the perfect situation for him. Seattle is one of the few teams that they see – they see what Metcalf does well. A lot of people that don't like Metcalf, understandably so, see, oh, he does. He runs terrible routes. He has bad hands. I get that. I don't really care that he can't run good routes. Julio Jones is not a great route runner. Calvin Johnson is not a great runner, mm-hmm. route runner. And remember, they're one and two on that all-time yards per game list. And you know what? If you're Seattle, you're going to use Metcalf for what he does best. Same thing they do with Jamal Adams. Oh, he can't cover? Okay, he's going to have nine and a half sacks. Cool. Metcalf can't run routes? Okay, cool. He's just going to run nine routes all game long. And he's going to murder your corners unless they're named Jalen Ramsey. Shout out to Jack. So I, I think, <laughs> I think DK, I love DK. Like he's and I'm a larger point. We are going to argue about the top 10, but if you're like ranking receivers, what, what, what difference is say Calvin Ridley and DK Metcalf? I, I don't think there's much difference. They do fundamentally different things. Ridley is an incredible route runner. Metcalf is an incredible physical specimen. I would argue that outside of the top like five, maybe six, seven through like 18 is interchangeable. You throw in Evans, you throw in Godwin, you throw in the LA guys, uh, the um, Rams guys, you throw in Jefferson, of course, he's phenomenal, but only it's the one season. Um, you throw in uh, Godwin, Evans, AB even, Antonio Brown is a baller. Um, and then you throw in, at a certain point, you can have a lot of receivers that can be very good in the NFL. Like Deontay Johnson's a guy that I think elevates himself into that level this year. 
there are a lot of really good wide receivers and saying that, I don't know, Kenny Galladay isn't top 10. I don't think that's a knock against Galladay. That's just how deep the wide receivers are. 10 years ago, Kenny Galladay is a top five wide receiver, Frank, probably. Yeah. You know, 20 years ago. Who might be. Yeah, 20 years ago, Stefan Diggs is running away with every receiver award known to man. You know, he's he's in that, like, and I just, it's awesome to me that there are 25 guys that could be top 10 receivers. Like, you go to, down to Tampa and you ask, hey, he's a top 10 receiver. They can legitimately <laughs> say they have three on the same team. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. I happen to disagree with their the guys. But DJ Moore, you could argue he's a top 10 guy. Adam Thielen, you could argue he's a top 10 guy. Mm, I don't agree with that one. I will you say could argue that- the, the productivity yeah, is there. I will say, though, I agreed with Splash's Tyreek Hill take a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, I don't agree that he's the best receiver in the league right now. I wouldn't rank him number one overall right now. Um, I still think DeAndre Hopkins like has light years away talent-wise. Um, what was that insane stat? Without He went without a drop for however long. And it's like, he just, he has like magnets for hands. It's incredible to me. And I think him and Kyler Murray are going to be good. I think we saw just that the one season of them together. I mean, while it wasn't either of their bests, it was promising. And I think this year, like I said, when we did the rankings of the teams a couple weeks ago, the Arizona Cardinals are one of my teams to watch this year. Um, cause I think they're going to be better than people kind of expect them to be. So I just can't put Tyreek number one. I know the talent's yeah. there and I agree with what Splash said about, um, him being better at his position than Mahomes is at his and Kelsey is at his. I completely agree with that. A hundred percent. I don't think it's enough to put him number one right now. Yeah. And I, I agree. And to wrap up quickly, even before we kind of get into, uh, the next topic is, Tyreek Hill, you know, now is playing to where the sport is going with these like insanely fast twitchy guys where you get these guys in space with the ball and they can turn an, a six yard out into an 80 yard touchdown run. You know, where Devontae Adams might not do that, where DeAndre Hopkins might not do that, Tyreek Hill can do that. And to what Splash said, who sounded like a very battered Ravens fan because he's probably seen it <laughs> one too many times, is Tyreek Hill, like I mentioned before one you know you're up 10 on on the chiefs <laughs> lol i hate you uh you're up 10 on the chiefs you blink and, and tyreek hill's hitting his head on the goalpost and, it, and it's a totally new game and you know all of your energy is sucked out and, and the chiefs just come back and beat you by 17 so that offense is really built around what tyreek hill does best and what home Mahomes does the best and what andy Reid has done the best in time obviously there's no coincidence that deshaun jackson was great in philadelphia they want to get these guys who are really fast really twitchy get them the ball in space and they score in one play. So um, I agree with what a lot, a lot of splash had. I still lean towards Adams because he does. I definitely body shame Tyreek Hill because, you know, you look at Adams and Hopkins and you look at Hill, you just trust a guy who's built a little bit bigger and better. Um, and I think Frank's had that obsession with DK Metcalf's shirtless pictures for, for way too long. I think he's got a, a shirt shirtless fathead pick in his room. So I have the poster with him and AJ Brown. I try to and Pete I Carroll, pose, right? With his shirt I off. pose next to it every morning. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> the DK Metcalf love from Frankie kind of threw me for a loop. I wasn't expecting that. I'm, I'm going you know to, who we forgot? I'm going to Photoshop a picture of me on there, mm. Brain. I'm going to, I'm going to tweet it to you and see what I don't you think, say. I don't, please don't. 
I don't think the show, Frank said I don't you're think, not showing my boy Amari Cooper any love. I don't think Amari would be top ten right now. When he's healthy, Amari Cooper, Zach is healthy. Amari Cooper is nice, nice player. He's really very good. good. Not top ten right now. Top Shout 15. out to Jimmy who texted me that, Frank. Top fifteen, I'll give him. Top ten, yeah. not yet. Not yet. I'll take him over Julio, but anyway. All right, we're moving on because I can't. Hey, Jamison Crowder, give him some love. Give I him can't. some love. He Let's needs some love right now. Julio my guy. anymore. All right. Do we want to – what do we want to do here? Because we have two kind of – I want to talk about anti-vaxxers. All I've right. been dying to talk about it. So, you want to talk about me? <laughs> are you an anti-vaxxer? Might be. Oh, my God. No, no, no. The we'll NFL, find out. I, was, I was asked that. I'm going to let, ev- let everyone know at the end of the show – whether or not I'm an anti-vax, you have to tune in at the end. I will give a clear answer. Lord. I will. I will. We, we have our politics segment to close out the shows now. Yeah, it's so. true. Yeah. I'm an anti-everybody. Stop fucking worrying about everybody else. Yes. That's what I am. All right. So the NFL came out with new COVID protocols for the vaxxed and the unvaxxed. Uh, essentially... <laughs> The that's way, where we're going by now. Yeah. <laughs> that's we're labeled. Yeah. I mean, that's. Forget about race. Forget about religion. Forget about that. Yep. Are you you're vaccinated, or, vaccinated or, not? or unvaccinated? So, the way, without actually reading it and kind of boring you with all the details, the way it's laid out is either you're vaccinated and you can go back to normal life, do whatever you want to do. You can go out to eat on the road. You can use the weight room full capacity, all this, whatever. And then on the other hand, if you're not vaccinated yet, you have to get tested every single day. You can't do anything um, with normalcy involved, basically. So you're doing last year all over again just because you won't get two shots in your arm, which mm-hmm. it's everybody's prerogative. I got mine. I've been fully vaccinated for over a month now. I'm going on vacation tomorrow because I'm fully vaccinated. Like, this is... That's the- why you got the spray tan. Now Go it's to Miami, baby. Oh, Miami. My, oh, my, my. Miami in the morning. I'm so excited. Bro, you take more vacations than freaking than Dwayne Wade. I don't know. You're always you're always doing something down there. I'm always there. somewhere. Moving and shaking. That's all. It's funny. I got a, I got a text from an NFL agent unprovoked. I didn't text him or anything and they saw he saw our Instagram post when we put up the protocols and basically he said the NFL is trying to push players to get vaxxed so they don't have to do this protocol shit every week. That's basically the thought around football. They they just want to basically peer pressure the players into getting vaxxed so that they don't have to do this daily COVID test for all these players. You know, basically all of the coaches and assistants are all vaccinated. They just don't want to deal with this. No, that's not why. There's two reasons. There's two reasons the NFL uh, is doing it, is, is doing these vaccine protocols. One, the NFL historically has been a very conservative league. They took a lot of crap for the Kaepernick stuff. They were looked at as a very like right-wing leaning kind of organization. They've been doing whatever they can to get ahead of that and make it seem like they're this more left kind of league now that they've changed. That's why when you see them with, um, you know, even with certain events and, and months for things, they're always up front they're making statements now the nfl used to never do that that's one they want to change their image two it's a billion dollar multi-billion dollar company they don't want to have to deal with another covid outbreak for money so it's image and money it has nothing to do they don't care about testing every day they don't care about the safety of players they care about their image and money that's that's all it is they're spending a ton of money to test these guys every day that's it's peanuts 
peanuts. I love it. Yeah, peanut, peanut money. Uh, I'm telling you right now, the NFL, the NFL has taken so much crap over the Kaepernick stuff. They're trying to get ahead of the game on that. I'm telling you, they're trying to be – it's impossible to be unvaccinated. I mean, Cole Beasley just went off today about it, but you cannot be an unvaccinated NFL player. How are you going to have a meeting when you have to be sitting socially distanced and you can only fit 15 in a room where you're going to be unvaccinated and everyone else is going to be vaccinated? I mean, it's insane. The rules are nuts. They're forcing people to get vaccinated, which honestly I have a problem with because we don't know the long-term side effects yet. We don't know the long-term side effects. You can't force someone to get vaccinated. How do you know if in five years stuff happens? You let people make their choice on that. It's, what I'm I have glad, a problem with this, you know, is, that's is the you don't know. Like, you don't know. No, I, I agree with you, Frank. And what I have a problem with is now the media. Every time a player comes up to do their, you know, league mandated in, interviews after practice, they're asking guys, "Did you get the vaccine?" That's none of your business. Like they don't need to tell you that. And then if a player goes and says that. They're automatically labeled, oh, he didn't get it because he didn't admit to it. Well, maybe he just doesn't want you to know what he did with his health or his body or whatever. Like what happened to these HIPAA laws or what happened to your own right to do whatever you want to do? No one deserves to know what Zach Wilson, if he got the vaccine or not. And I see a big like to do about it in the Jets media is why should Zach Wilson have to answer that? Isn't that, it's a private, it's a private conversation between, you know, it's his choice to get the vaccine or not. And now everybody has to like face that awkward situation of having that question asked to you. It's like, it's ridiculous. And then you get like labeled something that you don't even know what this guy thinks about a vaccine or not. He just doesn't feel the need to have to tell Rich Samini if he got vaccinated or not. It just, of all people to be a very, very loud anti-vaxxer cole beasley doesn't surprise me for some reason i there's a difference between there's a difference between an anti-vaxxer though brie and someone who is a little bit more hesitant towards getting the covid 19 shot i don't think this isn't hesitance though this is full-on i'm not getting it and it's not oh well like i'm not 100 sure like this is but that's all right if he doesn't want to get it and that's fine like i said i don't think it's a big deal it's your prerogative. Just be prepared to be miserable when you have to go through the testing and stuff every day like you had to do last year. Like, I can't imagine that was an enjoyable experience for any of these yeah. guys. And what Splash kind of alluded to in the private chat, with the way the season went last year and we had all of these games get rescheduled because all of these teams had COVID outbreaks. I mean, the Patriots went into Kansas City with Brian freaking Hoyer at quarterback for a half oh, because yeah. – Cam Newton got COVID and then they had their own mini outbreak. Like it happened to the vast majority of the teams in the league last year, regardless of what protocols they were taking, they could have been walking around like bubble boy for all I care. And they, something still would have happened. The vaccines. And I am saying this as a vaccinated person. So I feel like I am okay to talk about this. The science, the science right now works. I was able to go see my grandparents because I'm vaccinated and not have to worry about, Oh shit, am I going to get them sick? Because I, the chances of me getting COVID right now are still there, but they are so incredibly slim in comparison. So if, oh, yeah. if, it, if it's going to make your work life easier, if it's going to make your personal life easier, if it's going to make the life of your employers easier and those around you just do it. And then if you don't, want to get the booster don't get the booster it's fine 
I don't know. The only thing that this is something that I I probably shouldn't say, but you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna say it because I I'm I'm me, and if you don't like it, I'm very sorry. Yeah, go ahead. The people pulling the strings at the top, which we've seen in many instances in politics, are just sketchy people. They say oh, politics. Yeah. Politics are are grimy. Politics are dirty. Dirty politics is like a common thing. The people pulling the strings at the top, I don't trust. I don't trust them. So when you're pushing something this much on me, that 1% doubt, eh, let me me, – I had COVID, so I had it in in, in February. I have antibodies, but – and I'm not saying whether I'm vaccinated or not. I I don't – I won't won't say. I'm not. Um, But I – I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Both my parents are vaccinated, for example. I just, I don't, I, something just smells fishy about this whole uh, COVID situation. And that 1% doubt to put something in my body that could have long-term effects. Why, why do I, if I have antibodies already from having COVID, why am I going to listen to these people at the top? I'm just, I don't know. It's just, it's risky. No, I mean, even that 1% risk, you have one body the rest of your life. Something happens. I don't know. No, I mean, it's completely fair. Like being, and this is completely way off topic of kind of what we're talking about in sports. Steve French, footballs and politics shouldn't mix. It's true. That's not not how it is anymore. But like being a woman, for example, I was nervous to get it because I heard all of these rumors about reproductive health and things like Mm -hmm. that and what it could possibly do. It can make me infertile. I want to have kids. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't, I, like I said, I got my shots. I don't know what's going to happen, but at this point, if it's going to make my life normal right now, I think that's more worth it to me right now than to live another year or two wearing these Godforsaken masks, mm-hmm. being miserable, not being able to hug my friends, not being able to hug my family. So, it, I mean, I can always adopt. I guess is what I'm saying. Whatever happens, <laughs> happens. You know? Yeah, I mean that. That's ultimately what it boils down to. Where where my only frustration lies with this is the the media and others feeling the right that they have the right to intrude on someone's decision, and yeah. everybody else just feeling like. If someone doesn't want to get the vaccine, it doesn't make them a bad person. And if someone does get the vaccine, it doesn't make them like a pansy or whatever. Like, who cares what other people do? Just make the decision for 100%. yourself and live with it. Like, I don't know why everybody all of a sudden feels the need to get involved with what everybody else is thinking and doing. Like, just let, just live and let other people live. That's my, like, if there's one, it's not a religious statement. It's not a political statement. It's literally just like how I lead my life, do what the hell you want. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't affect me. Get the vaccine. If you want, don't get it. I don't, I'm not going to think any less or more of you. So and that's like you're not comes- on a higher moral standard. If you do get the vaccine and you're not like a slum or a piece of garbage, if you don't. So that's like, I mean, I know it's a very like not taking a, a side here, which I feel like everybody now thinks they have to do is take a side. You don't always have to, like you can play that middle ground and just be willing to kind of seesaw and, and see what everybody else is thinking. And back to your point about the media, like we need to, if people, whether they are vaxxed or not, if they don't want to tell you as athletes, don't, there's no reason to make it out like, oh, well, he didn't give me a straight answer. So that the NFL should outlaw that question. There's no, there's no reason for that. If somebody wants to come out and tell you, it's illegal. It is illegal. I mean, I don't know because. 
who knows the laws anymore. We're like creating them as we go here with this COVID thing because your, you know, your rights are getting taken away left and right here. So I don't know technically if it is legal, but basically anything I've ever learned about in the past with your health and your decisions and look what Adam Schefter went through with the JPP situation. I know it's a different story here, but he got his hands on the, uh, the, the hospital chart from when JPP blew his hand up with the fireworks and he got sued for it, you know? So, and ESPN got sued for releasing it. So what difference there is it? I mean, I know you're showing his freak situation with, with his health chart, but why is that any different than Rich Samini asking Zach Wilson and, and basically battering him about not getting vaccinated or, or if, or if he did and Wilson not wanting to answer, how is that any different? But that, I think if you ask that question, you should be kicked out. I agree. If, if an athlete wants to come out and say, Hey, I'm vaccinated. All for it. Go ahead. Cool. But there's no reason for you to sit there and ask and then kind of bully bullying them yep, to giving you is. an answer that they don't want to give. Yep. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting situation just to wrap this up because you're going to see players that d- aren't vaccinated or don't want to for a variety of reasons. And they're going to be what shunned from certain like signings and like sponsorship opportunities. I mean, it seems to be stepping outside of the bounds of, of, of just the stadium. I was speaking with my friend Chris about this and he was bringing it up. He's like, is this even legal? Like you can do stuff in the facility because you own it, but opportunities outside of the facility, how does that kind of work? So that'll be kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, um, uh, I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna get interesting, and and it, there'll be I'm sure there'll be at some point some lawsuits when you know stuff hits the fan. We'll, we'll, I got we'll a text see. from my buddy who's actually very involved with this direct situation. 100% HIPAA law. It is illegal if you do ask them about that. So, I, I mean, if I'm a player, I'm like, hey, don't ask me anymore. I'm not I'm not answering it. Or a team, a team should come to the forefront and say. You know, the New York Daily News, the Post, ESPN, this question's off limit. We don't want that here. So don't ask any question about vaccines. If guys want to come and talk about, because all these teams are doing training about the vaccine. They're educating the players. They're showing them, you know, different statistics and science behind it. But don't ask the players if they've been vaccinated. If they want to talk I'm about it. I want to ask you guys one quick thing. Zach Wilson's a Mormon, right? So let's just, I don't know He's what the religion. He's not a practicing Mormon, though. But it, Okay, but he doesn't I, even I, like identify. But I go ahead. Sorry. Okay, no, I'm saying let's say you know he's he's, he's his parents are he's part of the, he was part of that community. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say they're against the vaccine. I have no idea. I'm just assuming. Right. Um, what happens if he's un, if if he's unvaccinated? Like, is he going to have to be in a meeting room with with what? Because you can only do 15 or something. And what if everyone else is? How does that kind of play out? It's it's interesting. How is unvaccinated people with vaccinated uh, players? Soon. How is that going to work? I mean, Masks. does that make any sense? Uh, so you're gonna, I mean, maybe, I don't know. It's they're. I mean, they're still going to have to do the mask thing, but maybe they're doing what some. Well, they get daily like, tested, stadium, right? Right, but maybe they're going to do what some stadiums did and had like a vaccinated section and an unvaccinated section. I mean, um, pretty soon we're going to have to treat this thing like I'm not comparing it to the flu because it's a trigger for so many people when you say flu and COVID in the same sentence, but pretty soon you're going to have to treat it like the flu where this thing is probably going to be around. It's not going away. Seasonally. Right. But when you keep like the whole thought was keep the rates low enough so that we can get back to normal life, get to this 70% vaccinated, which I know New York just did. And then we just have to really move on with our lives and, and, and deal with this thing. You know, the herd immunity was the word that we talked about pretty soon and, and it's getting there thankfully, and hopefully we continue it. But, you're just going to have to go about your life, be a little more careful than you were in the past. 
wear a mask. I wear one in like stop and shop because I feel like that place is grimy, but I won't wear one in another <laughs> place because I, you know, I feel like we went and watched the soccer game at a, like a buddy of ours restaurant yesterday at Lago down the street. I, I know the owners. I know the place is clean. We're sitting far apart. I didn't wear a mask in there, but I wore one in, in stop and shop because I think it's, like I said, it's grimy in there. So we're going to have to eventually get to a point where it's just like, you're going to have to deal with this thing and, you know, get a, a booster for those who were vaccinated. Maybe in a year you have to get a booster right. shot. So like, like the flu shot. So yeah, enough of this vax stuff. It's, I guess it's a, we could do a whole show on it. I guess. Yeah. I mean, and it's not going to go away anytime soon. So, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be things that come up and within the yeah. next however many months that we're going to end up talking about. So we'll have more, I'm sure to talk about when it comes to this. Um, Bree, I saw your vaccine card. I, I'm I'm not buying it. It looks a little bit thin there. I think it's you, you think she think it's a fake one. Listen, she I was wearing the sticker. It. Did you wear the sticker, Bree? Did you, uh, <laughs> um, did you post it, the sticker on Instagram? <laughs> I put it on my forehead. Did you really? Yeah. And you posted it uh, on my story. Yeah, because I didn't get a sticker when I voted. So, but I oh, got so one. I got one when I got my vaccine, and I was like, "This seems a little backwards that I got yeah. a sticker for this and not for the the more important thing." But whatever. The world. We instead, of, instead of getting ashes on people's forehead now, yeah, we got vaccine, vaccine stickers. Sticker. Yeah. Yeah. How did yeah. they do that on Ash Wednesday this year? Did they do it with like a stick? Did they not get close enough to do know. it? I haven't gotten my ashes in years. I know. My poor grandma. One time I faked and I put like coal on my forehead just to pretend like gotta I was Gotta use eyeliner and just smudge oh. it in. <laughs> you got another text, Frank. I got somebody who can get you three Vax cards for five bucks. Jeez. That's a deal. That's, that's a deal. Done. <laughs> All right. Can we move on? All right. Madden. That Venmo. We're going to get doxxed. Oh, my God. Madden 22. Ew. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. Oh, I like they, it. They teased cool. it. Oh, my God. They teased it with a goat and a baby goat, which you obviously, when you saw that, you knew it was going to be Brady and Mahomes, whether you agree that one or the other is a goat. You knew who it was going to be. It's the most obvious thing in the world. Patrick Mahomes, I can't. I need this goat conversation with Patrick Mahomes to stop. He's going into what year? Full year four, four, three, four. Two Super Bowl appearances already. Okay, Brady had that too, and did was he dumb? Well, he's goat? a goat. He was is. He, was he called that back then? No, we weren't using that term back then. Oh, was he being the called? Goat, wasn't was the goat conversation born like two years ago? I don't freaking know. It's been. I think Mahomes. If there head. was ever to be a baby goat, I think it would be him. I think what? Why are people like anti Mahomes lately? Is because he lost a Super Bowl. I feel like he's been getting so much hate as like, I guess that's what happens though. When like you build up a guy so much and you want to see him do so good until he reaches that pinnacle. And then you want to, you want him to crash and burn. Right. Is that like, that's what I've our always, society does to guys. I've always been anti Mahomes. So if everybody, else I love him. The... I think he's the best thing I've ever seen. Not me. This covers the worst thing I've ever seen. It is. It's awful. Is that the cover it's... of the game though? Or is that just kind that's of like full a cover? This this cover just shows how that's their MVP edition cover. So they'll have, I guess, a standard edition one as well. That cover is so unoriginal. It just shows why Madden sucks so much right now. These mm -hmm. are like unoriginal people. They're not creative. The game is awful. It's terrible. What kind of cover is this? It looks I've like, seen. It looks like a, a wedding invitation. Does it, it literally does? It and really I've seen people, like. Go ahead, sorry, Frank. No, there's covers on Twitter that people have made with both of them. I've seen like five that are all better. I've seen mm -hmm. like le le legit five that are light years better. Um, EA Sports is just 
does not know what the hell they're doing anymore with Madden. It's the one team that just really sucks. That game is terrible. Um, it is trash. I mean, like, we'll bring in Jack. He's a big Madden player, so we can get kind of his his kind of two here. But um, Madden, when you're this game is so bad that not to get into the game too much, but when you when someone throws a pass, if you just go with your defender and just hold triangle or why whatever like and hold it long enough in motion the game will like make you go and like get an interception or like tip the ball because you were like holding Y earlier like the thought of physics in this game is just not there anymore and the clearly they just are the most unoriginal group of people you could possibly get in a room because that's the worst cover yeah in anything i've ever it seen it encapsulates what ea has done for the past like 10 years is the most boring whatever we can do to just because we have we own the rights to the nfl's video games and we're just going to do whatever the hell we want because we know everybody's going to pay 60 bucks for a roster update and we all do it we complain about it but we all do it right and everybody goes and does it when when it comes out in august and they put like oh who can we get and put on the roster that all the young kids want to play with and patrick mahomes and oh who all like the old white guys love and tom brady so they're like maybe we'll put them two together and we'll have like the coolest game ever but I don't know if that's going to work, but I kind of, I don't know. I kind of like the idea of the two of them on there. I could see that. Jack, right. what do you think? What's the, what's the vibe among the, uh, the, the gamers out the there? The vibe among the gamers. First of all, this cover is complete garbage. I agree with you guys completely. Um, but like you said, I think you kind of took away the point that I was going to bring up, but this is only the, M- the MVP edition cover. So this is not like the standard edition. We're going to see more like a, a different special edition and then just a standard version. And this is kind of the same thing that we got last year. So I fully agree with the whole unoriginality thing about it. Um, also, uh, there's the whole, yeah, plus yes. 16 bucks instead of Madden. Exactly. Um, oh, you yeah. said they don't care about physics. It's true. You know what EA cares about? Microtransactions. Nothing else. They only care yeah. about making money. That's it. They don't give a damn about anything else. It's ridiculous. Um, and it sucks because there's no they have the exclusive contract right now. There's no mm-hmm. getting around that. Like what was it? Like a six year deal that they signed or something? It's crazy. We need Tecmo back. I know, right? We need to bring Tecmo <laughs> back. There was like a I think there was like a fan site. NFL actually. Street back. Yeah. yeah. I agree. It was like a fan <laughs> site somebody made where they um were like making fan versions of Tecmo with like updated. That's awesome. That got shut down, I think, but we need to bring that back somehow. By the um, NFL, right? I'm sure. I would hope so. I don't think they're gonna, but I would hope so. I just think EA needs competition at the end mm-hmm. of the day. That's only gonna make them better. They hate to hear it, and they're gonna hate to hear it, but that's all they need is competition. Um, I also don't understand the choice of two. They they don't care about um, difference. I guess is a good word in there in terms of their cover athletes like Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. Tom Brady was on the cover of Madden 18. Patrick Mahomes was on the cover of Madden 20, and. I mean, I, the thing the thing is though, like they they were probably the most talked about players last season, so that's probably why they're on the cover. Yeah, they, I think they, the fact, the fact that they played a, a Super Bowl against each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, is what did it. Yeah, well, it's it, the they, young guy and the old, like the old guy. I, yeah. I get it, and hopefully they pull like what the Chargers did a few years ago when they leaked that logo, and then were like, "Oh, everybody hates it, so we're just kidding." And then they went and they made a better one. So hopefully EA pulls the same better one. You mean recycling their old one, by the way? But that's, it's a great what logo. They, what Madden, what Madden should have done, I think, is they should have had a, a new deep passing edition game, and you know they should have featured sure. on there. 
DK Metcalf with his shirt off like this. Here we go. (laughs) Call it the deep edition, you know? They can do so many fun things with the cover athletes, like engaging and stuff. I like when they had like that one year, they had a bunch of different ones. Uh, I forget what year it was, but it was like one year they had like a bunch of different covers you can kind of get. And that year with Favre Favre on on the Jets and Favre on Green They should allow fans to cut like like creators, like all the guys on Twitter. The fan vote vote for cover athlete, they need to bring that Yeah, that's cool. Or do something with the Pro Bowl, the MVP of the Pro Bowl. Gets yeah. to be on the next cover of Madden, or That's and then cool. do something with like designers, allow them to create the the cover of Madden for the next year, do and a that fan person gets contest. like a scholarship or some shit. Do a fan think, cover contest or something. I think it should have been drunk David Andrews sitting on top of a duck boat chugging beers. <laughs> it should have been Quentin Nelson and Aaron Donald. You guys, been, you guys yeah. are gonna love this. It should it should have been. Uh, Cooper Cup completely owning Jamal Adams on that deep pass in the playoffs. I'm good with that. How cool would Quentin Nelson and Aaron Donald be? It would be like such out of left field and be like, that's pretty cool. It would. It would. I just My don't want favorite, Aaron Donald uh, that Madden curses all. Hey, it's been – it died down the last I few years. I think it years. is over. I, be, I still kind of believe I in it. I mean, the, whole, yeah. the, 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 the joke I like to make – the joke I like to make is that it hit Antonio Brown so hard that it took a year off when the homes was on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jack, before we let you go and move on, are you buying Madden this year? Yeah. I'm going to buy for Frank, cheap, are you? Though. All right, I respect probably. you, Frank. Brady, yeah, I'll probably. Uh, I last Madden I bought was eighteen, just because Brady was on the cover. But before, last Madden I bought was Favre because he was on the cover on the Jets. Wow. Before, before. I've had someone Addy bought me two years ago, which I barely played. I just don't play Madden. I'm terrible at it. Uh, oh, I have that was the, the last one I bought. I have the Antonio Brown one too. I'm when in was that nineteen? Nineteen, yeah. I'm in that unfortunate situation where I'm better than everybody in my family, but I'm bad playing competitively. So. Same. All right, sure. Uh, before Just I plug dip, the show, Jack. telling me to plug our show tomorrow, 3.30 p.m. Pacific, 6.30 Eastern, the sports desk. We'll probably talk more Madden. We'll talk NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, everything going on there. So cool. Awesome. Thank you, awesome. Jack. Appreciate no it. No problem. Bye, Jack. If Frank beats you in Madden. Hey, you got to come on the show wearing something of Frank's choice. Oh, you don't want to know. <laughs> there won't be anything of my choice. It'll be oh we're we're going we're going we're doing a shirtless show. Me and Nick Bray, we yep. we said it. Yep. When Remember Nick? Miami. I was, one time we we did a show, a Jets show. This is like almost ten years ago, and we were on break. So it was like a, we were coming back from a commercial break. I was yelling across the room like Nick, when we we show up from break. Just don't have a shirt on, like out of nowhere. Like I was trying to get him to do it within, like, within like this thirty second. I'm like Nick, do it. I was like pulling his shirt up. And I, I always to, like, think run back, back to the old old show we did. If those recycled, if re- those resurfaced, we'd be off the air. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fl- flopping out, we'd be done. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my god! All right, um, we have two topics left, but we only have time for one. Do we want to do MLB or NBA? Maybe we could do it really fast. I think. I think the pitchers and the MLB, you know, the MLB as a league and Pete Alonzo touched on it where he said he thinks there's this whole conspiracy where they're trying to make like, you know, the, the players look bad in the eye of the league because this whole impending labor deal that they have coming up next year where people are expecting a, a lockout that to come because the sides hate each other. Um, I don't know if I would go that far, but I do think, you know, there, there is an issue with the cheating scandals and the, and the sticky situation. Um, and it's clear who is doing it and it doesn't have to be like a whole witch trial to find it. And I don't think it's 
as huge of a deal as some people are, are, are making it out to be. Um, and I think you can find a, a middle ground to where players can use a specific substance. You know, they don't have to result to this crazy uh, spider tack that I know a few shows have done like sample trials of putting it on. And when you pull it to, apart, it's like the craziest sticky solution that you can ever use. But, you know, then you have uh, tweets coming out about like the Royals cheating in 2015, the Yankees oh, cheating with Aaron Judge yeah. and these stats. It's like Did you, you see can it? go back for years and find like baseball is a sport where it's been they've used these like different competitive edges forever. Um you know, but it just seems like everybody wants to be on like a, a witch hunt to find the next team to cheat. It's like you're playing a sport where it's one pitcher against nine hitters and you got nine, eight gloves or seven gloves behind you. It's the same deal over and over again every year. These pitchers are going to try and get this competitive edge. They have all this film work that they can do, all these different studies with the spin rate. You're going to find scandals. So now it feels like every week there's something that's coming out. And we're trying to build up something. And, and I think where Alonzo did make a little bit of sense is that it's everything now is being blown out of proportion because of this ongoing labor dispute. And you're just having like picking sides. So now, you know, the, the Rays pitcher who got hurt blaming the league because they changed, you know, they changed the substance or the rules. Now baseball players have become such babies in my opinion. Um, and then you have like all these like nerdy statisticians and all these like nerdy media guys who are trying to like play detective and uncover like these big secrets. It's like, can we just get back to when like steroids were legal and the game was really fun? So two things, Ryan Spader, the guy who leaked all of those or sent out all those tweets about how all of these teams have cheated. Did you see him recant that today? No, I didn't. What did he, he say did? today? Well, he I, came I didn't out. See he came back today. It got sent in one of my group messages. Let me pull it up and read it. I, I know this guy on like a semi-personal level. He's the biggest tool. So this is not surprising. <laughs> this guy Ryan is? Ryan Spader. He calls himself the stat wizard. He goes, that's what, that's that's what Splash about. calls himself. He goes, I deeply regret everything I said. It has turned my life it. upside down. I, it was a mistake, and I should not have reported on unfounded allegations. I sincerely apologize to all of those impacted. It should not have happened, and it will not happen again. Stick to stats. That's what, what happens when you empower dork. these like statistician dorks, dork. and they God. go out and they feel like they're the cool guy in school again, or for the first time, where they were like the dweeby, nerdy math guys, and now they're empowered because baseball has gone so analytics, analytical that you empower someone like him and he does that. And I think potentially my favorite part about this is the first tweet in the original thread that has now been deleted was at 11 or one o'clock in the morning, the day before all of it came out. And he said, I'm really angry. I might let all of this out, but I need to sleep on it. And then the next morning at like 11 AM, he starts going off. Like you had to sleep on that. Really? Dork. My God. (laughs) What a I'm just tired of hearing about these these scandals in baseball. Like, baseball it's, a, it's an interesting year. Yeah, I, I know, and and that's that's why what Alonzo said did make a little bit of sense. Was that you're just you're in an ugly you know an ugly dispute between the two sides that really cannot see eye to eye on anything. So you're just going to get a mass like a mass amount of like garbage <laughs> that comes out. They need to. Uh... Major League Baseball needs to worry about paying their minor league players before they worry about who the hell has what. I think they're trying. Well, did you see what's happening with uh, the Orioles farm team? 
I heard I heard a little bit about like what, so what's the elevator. They, uh... They're not having a stipend for uh, housing anymore. So a lot of players came out and said that they are prepared to sleep in their cars in the facility parking lot. Because As if they, you needed another reason to they not only, want to be a Baltimore Oriole. They only get paid, I think it said $600 a week, and that's not enough for housing for minor league baseball players for the team hotel. So pay, pay minor leaguers if you want them to be the future of your league that you're then going to run around and do all these random cheating things. Like it's, it's sunscreen. If the guys are using the spider attack stuff, sure. Suspend them. Yep. If they're using the sunscreen stuff just for better grip. Who the and most hitters and most hitters, hitters want that. that. Yeah. Cause they don't want to get drilled like Kevin Pillar did. They, oh. They'd rather these guys have better control of these pitches and they'll deal with learning well, who how to is hit a this pitcher, crazy spin rate. Who was the pitcher so that stupid. said that, that blamed uh, his injury on not being able to use these substances anymore Tyler, because Tyler yeah, glass now, Tyler he, glass now uses, yeah. he uses sunscreen and rosin. So yeah. it's not like he's using which was legal stuff to make his stuff more nasty. Cause that's what the spider tax stuff does. He uses it for grip. Man, baseball, it's a, I've never seen a sport like it where it's Blow just- Blow up from the inside out. No, but it's been riddled with uh, with scandals wow, and cheating for so long. I mean, it is a sport where literally if you can hit a few extra, uh, if you can make a few extra hits a week, that'll be the difference between you playing in the majors and not. So I get that. Um, but like, wow, that league is just, it, it's one thing after the other. It's getting qu- quite annoying. I mean, this whole scandal to me is just- it's so overblown. It's like, it's, I it's just, I, I don't know. And people are like, oh, Garrett Cole's not going to be good anymore. Okay, man. And then the next night, he just, not two, two nights later, he just completely torched, um, you know, Donaldson and Co. So I, I don't, I, I don't buy into all that crap. And this guy, I'm surprised they speak so freely, some of these, some of these people. Well, uh, they're empowered now, man. Are there, are there potential lawsuits? I mean, if you're coming out, um, Definitely. Saying Aaron Judge has been cheating. I mean, Aaron Judge is up for a big contract. Can can Aaron Judge's camp come out and and, and have a lawsuit on their hands? I don't see why not. Yeah, they I mean, they honestly should if it's definitely there is something there. Unless it is true, unless something like that is right. true, then you know, Judge's camp's not going to come out with a lawsuit and kind of let it sweep under the rug. We'll see. We'll see. All right, real quick, it's we're not even. At this point. We're not even going to sit and and discuss this. We're just going to give an answer. Who is your favorite? to win the NBA finals right now. Just one word answer. Say the team name. That's it. Right, it's one team, best player in the NBA right now, best scorer um, that we've seen one in the last 20 word. years, the Brooklyn Nets. KD is unreal. Suns, I agree. Splash Clippers. They feel like it. Nah, bro. They had yeah. a good night last night, though. I had a feeling they were actually going to win last night, but that's – Every right, time I have a feeling – going to finish them off out. tonight? Um, no, it'll go game no. seven, but KD will take over in game seven. KD's going to be tired tonight. He played a lot of minutes. He played every yeah, minute. Played every minute, right? Yeah, the Bucks yeah, are such yeah. frauds, though. They're just like, you look at that team and they're just frauds. Giannis like, can't they're, be another they're Speaking of frauds, I was in an Instagram DM uh, chat last night. One of our friends posted, John goes, Oh, the Sixers were blowing it out last night. They're blowing <laughs> out the Speaking of frauds, oh my yeah, God. Yeah. He, he messages you. He great. goes, "Do you guys think the Sixers have a legitimate shot to win the finals?" I go, "They Absolutely don't. Not. They don't have a good wing scorer. I mean, Seth Curry's not going to do that every night. Score whatever he dropped thirty six last night. So, 
And then after that, they just imploded. And I was like, that's their issue. If, if Embiid's a little off and Ben Simmons was garbage last night, the Sixers are going to move on from Ben Simmons, by the way. They got to break that team yeah, up. They gotta yeah, they got to blow it need, all up. Yeah, they got to keep Embiid. You can keep Seth, but you have to get another wing player. Tobias Harris is always either in it or out of it. He doesn't seem to be consistent. So yeah. that team has enough where you can be, you know, you could be a one seed or or, or or be in the you know a top four seed in the East for maybe the next you know three to five years. But it's never enough. We've seen teams like you know, the Atlanta Hawks, you know, from from a few years ago That's with Horford. They're, they're always in the top four, but they're never going to get to that next level. So the Sixers, this is their last year to really, I yeah. think. I have uh, one question for for Frank. I know finals. he's the NBA guy here. When can I, or if if I can, start dreaming about Luca to the New York? Never. <laughs> really? No, I mean, listen. It's. I think the Knicks have a better shot at getting someone with you know more years underneath their belt. You're not going to get a guy like Luca, Nick. That guy is just. Uh, he's no too good. He's. He'll me. never. He'll never leave <laughs> Dallas, man. He'll Why? never. LeBron leave. left everywhere he went. Yeah, but LeBron stayed in Cleveland for his first what seven years. So Luca's going to have to at least four play. Years? At least. I guess he's, uh, he's that good. The question is, when's he a free agent? I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. He has, I think he has three years left on his deal. So, um, but yeah, Nick, he's not. He's not. That would re, that would re-energize me. To Are you talking about Mark more. Cuban's the owner too? Mark Cuban's going to give him every single yeah. you know opportunity, uh, money wise, monetary opportunity to stay in Dallas. And the amount of jersey sales he's getting internationally because of Luca. I mean, that yeah, guy will never leave. Dirk never left. I have yeah. uh, two. Philly takes, and then we're going to wrap it up. Wait, what do you think Philly fans? We can agree on ripping. Tobias what do you think Harris, Philly fans, yeah. Philly fans are they're worse than us, and we suck. So <laughs> I like them. Uh, Tobias Harris is better than Ben Simmons. Tobias a value player, as like value on a team. You're saying like as just basketball. Tobias Harris can actually put the ball in the basket. What does Ben Simmons do? How, play, how play can defense? Ben Simmons not be able to shoot? That's you're, literally he doesn't, he doesn't want to shoot. You're playing basketball, bro. Like that's like that's like a quarterback not being able to throw. How can you not shoot and score? Like, haven't you been doing that since you were like three years old? Like I have Luca, my Luca's little basketball net here, and he he knows how to put the ball <laughs> in the basket. He has like he's the sixteen months. I'm convinced. He's he a little bit year off or something. I don't know. He's and, then, Instagram. and then my second take about the Sixers before we close the show is they are the most overrated good basketball team in probably the last 10 years. And that's, that's a hot take right there. Those are my splash. Takes. We need Splash to fact check that. I guess Melita they love garbage What's, overrated losers of? like Bryce Harper in Philly. 2015 Hawks. Uh all right, I will. I'll, take I'll give. Um, I'll give a. You know, I'm going to give a little bit of a hot take. The Phoenix Suns are going to sweep the next team they play in the Western Conference Finals, and then are going to get swept in the finals. Bang bang! That's my hot take. They're going to sweep their next the team. Next they're going to win eight in a row, the and then they're going to get swept in the finals. That's I disagree. Take. Frank is <laughs> is. Um, what the hell is his name? That weirdo on the Nets. My God, I'm forgetting his name. You hate him, Bray. Kyrie. 
Oh my god, Kyrie, yes. Is he playing? That weirdo on the net. <laughs> is he playing? Like, I do. Uh, no, I think, believe he was ruled out again. He got unlucky is, because is he, he stepped on Mr. Lucky. You know? Oh, I don't know. You stomp oh, on Lucky. Big baby you said that. Stomp on Lucky. You hurt your ankle. That's that's. I it. saw that splash. Splash at Harden's back. I saw that, but he was awful the other night. Might as well have not been out there. But Bree's a big um, Glenn Davis fan. That was the. That I was used her to be. I like, I like Glenn when Davis. I was a kid. I loved <laughs> him. He comes out against Kyrie. He can eat tank. too, baby. He's a, he he's a hates beast. Kyrie. His rookie oh, year. Is Kyrie oh, coming back God. this playoffs though? If they if they go to the. Eastern Conference? Is he back? I, I, I think I it's still know. up in the air. They kind of keep this stuff in the wraps, like with with Kawhi now too. They're going to do some more digging and get a few different MRIs, I think, before they disclose stuff. But I I, I don't know. No one. Really oh, the knows. deer yeah. antler spray, right? Kawhi might be an ACL. Kyrie is is it a high is it a high ankle sprain or is it you know a low one that that's a few weeks? Uh, 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 but Kyrie, I don't think will finish this series. I mean, obviously, if it goes yeah. if it's you know, tonight and and in two in two nights, so we'll see. If they advance, I have more faith in Kyrie playing again than Kawhi. I think Kawhi is done. I agree with that. Done. Yeah. Durant so. is ridiculous. That's my last take. Like, not much of a hot take, but like, my God, that guy. He's like, his frame is crazy. Like, how skinny his legs are, and he can just like. He's unguardable, he man. You can't, you yeah. can't guard him. That it's three impossible. he had late in the game. I think there was like three minutes left where, like, I don't know who guarded. Maybe PJ Tucker, but like picture perfect textbook defense and he puts up this like long three and just like rattles it in and you're just like you knew they were gonna win like, from that he, he just went straight up like yeah how do you guard that he's so long and like but so like you think of a guy who's as long as him and this is like crazy nba take from me but you feel like a guy who's that long and that like i don't know it's so skinny but like his mechanics are so good. Like you would feel like he'd be like just all over the place and shit, but he's so clean. Like his shot is so clean. He's crazy to watch. He's like one of the like most interesting superstars like to play. Yeah. Just the way he plays. His handles too, man. He's got them handles yeah. and he's got long arms. It's How is that possible? To, it's yeah. Hard. Usually he's good handles too. guys. Embiid has good handles as well. You yeah. see Joel play. Joel can go, you know, Joel has a little bit of a bag in his, uh, in his back pocket that he could kind of, you know, whip out every once in a while. So, yeah, Giannis has no bag. Splasher said, yeah, Giannis, his bag is just like going back and forth and then just going right. That's all he does. Giannis, so you're telling Giannis me needs need... a 1A to his 1B, I'm telling you. Yeah, he probably, probably. does. He needs somebody so, like Jason Tatum, in my pretty good. humble opinion. So you're telling me, Frank, the only way the Knicks can get Luka is if there's a scandal with Mark Cuban and he's gone. <laughs> exactly. That's it. <laughs> That's I'm the only it. way. Cuban will I'm not make it, that happen. I'm about to catfish this dude. <laughs> <laughs> we need Luca in New York. We have right. to. On that note, we're done here. We're catfishing billionaires. I need your help, Bree. We're done here. All right, everybody. We will see you next week. Same time, same place. Same. It's all about the you. Get on that app, baby. Get on it. That's it. Same shenanigans. Bye. Hit me up on Venmo if you want any. I got you on, on the on the low end here. <laughs> see you later. That's it for this episode of Time Out with You Stadium. We'd love to connect with you and keep the conversation going. Find us on the You Stadium app, the best way to talk sports on mobile or online. Check us out at ustadium.com and on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a show.